Hello, I'm Phil Langton, and I've been a teacher at Hampton for over 20 years. Welcome to Discover Hampton, a podcast that takes you through the school gates and into the classrooms, meeting teachers and pupils, and getting an insight into what today's young people are loving to learn and why. In this, our first series, we're unlocking the wonder of languages, maths, science and English, history and music. Today on Discover Hampton, we're donning lab coats and safety glasses as we head to our chemistry department. Hi there, my name's David Schofield. I'm the head of chemistry here at Hampton. I've been here at Hampton for seven years now, and I love it because the boys are great to teach. They're interested, engaged, smart, and and just really great to work with. And the reason I teach chemistry is because largely it was my favourite subject at school. I then went and did a degree, and here I am today. One of the uh, the great things about teaching the subject is the is the practical work. Uh, it's great to get hands on. We do the theory and then we apply it in practice, and it's a great way to learn. And talking about learning today, we're going to be looking at batteries and how chemistry can generate electricity and be used then for for all sorts of uses, and why going forward, battery technology is going to be such an important part of our sustainable and green future. chemistry today we're going to be talking about batteries. Um, technically we should call them cells but I'll, I'll call them a battery to begin with. Why are batteries important? Why are batteries important? Anybody got any thoughts, views, whatever? Dean, tell me talk, why are batteries important, Dean? Uh, well, they charge stuff, basically give stuff power um, and um, yeah, make things work. But yeah, make stuff work. What, what stuff do you have, Dean, that, that, that works? That, you know? uh, well, you can have like um, car batteries or um, you know, little gadgets which involve... Yeah, exactly. Batteries. So, yeah, your phone, your iPad, you know, what have you. Excellent. Alfie, what were you going to say about uh, uh, batteries? Like, batteries are useful because they allow you to use electricity and you don't have to be connected to a wire, so you're, like, free to go kind of anywhere. Perfect. But it still works. Yeah, exactly. So, so things like, it's exactly, electric vehicles I was just talking about. And they're going to become even more important as we go forward because the way we make electricity... The way we generate electricity, things like wind farms and things. What's, what, what's the problem about wind, wind farms are great for generating electricity. Raul, what's the, what's the problem with them? They take up a lot of land. They so take up land. Alfie, go on. Uh, it's not always windy. It's not always windy, is it? It's not always windy. So it might be uh, windy during the day, but maybe at night it might, the wind might have died down and you know, you'll, you'll want to watch your telly at the, in the evening. So we need some way of storing the energy. And that's why batteries are so important. Brilliant. Okay, so we're going to, we're going to build, a, build a, a, a cell and then a battery today. Anybody know who built the first battery? Anybody know that? Um, oh, Raul thinks he knows. I think it's like a Volt. Or Volt, something. yeah, really close, really close. It's a bloke called uh, Alessandro Volta. And, you know, we're going to be measuring a voltage today because his name now goes to the, uh, to the unit of potential difference. All right, so what we're going to do today is, is basically make the same battery that Volta did by stacking up different types of metals, okay? And so we're going to make a sandwich, basically, with a 2p coin and a piece of aluminium foil as the bread, and the cheese in the middle of our sandwich is going to be uh, a piece of cardboard soaked in, uh, in, in salt solution, okay? And that's going to allow us uh, to generate a potential difference, okay? So that's what we're going to do, and then we're going to start stacking more and more and more. Savier. Is this how the first battery was created? 
Yeah, exactly the same. So, and, and it's actually called a voltaic pile. Okay, so Volta actually came up with this thing. There's a big kind of bust up between him and another Italian scientist called Galvini, and they had different ideas about electricity. Galvini's the guy who kind of got frog's legs to twitch, and he thought the, uh, that the um, electricity was coming from the animal. Actually, it was the two wires that he was using c- to connect to the, to the frog. But anyway, so Volta and Galvini had different ideas, but Volta then produced this and, and then started to stack them up. And what we're going to do, we're going to make one cell. So that's one 2P coin, a piece of cardboard soaked in, uh, in salt solution, and then a piece of aluminium full on top. We're going to measure that voltage. And then what we're going to do is going to carry on stacking up and up and up. Okay? And then we'll be able to see you know, what happens when we change the number of cells. Okay? So before we start, you know, have a little chat to your partner. What, what do you think is going to happen if, as we kind of get more and more cells? We're going to measure the voltage. Do you have a chat to the person next to you? What do you think? What do you think? If there's more of these piles of batteries, surely there'll be more potential. All right, fellas. Right, let's just let's have a little chat. So, Ollie, what what are we thinking? We're going to get we're going to get more and more of these stacks. What do we think? I feel like the voltage will increase as we're sort of duplicating them in a way. Yeah. Stacking them on top of each other. So, say one makes twenty volts. Another might make forty with it. Okay, good, good stuff. So that's so we think we think the voltage should increase. Well, let, let's find out. Of course, we're doing some practical work. So, what do we need on our uh, on our eyes, Harry? Safety goggles. Very good, excellent. In terms of health and safety, uh, there's nothing too dangerous we're using today. We're going to just use some salt solution, uh, some foil, some coins. Um, we'll get going. All right. So, so first things first. Let's start cutting out the cardboard, cutting out the foil. And making that into the uh, into the in, in, into the, the pieces of the puzzle, if you like. Okay, off we go. Hi, my name is Xavier, and I'm in second year. I would say my favourite thing about learning about chemistry is the practicals because, like, they vary each week, and yeah, they're just quite fun to interact physically with chemistry. Uh, hi, I'm Dean, and I'm in the second year of Hampton. Mr. Schofield's lessons are really fun. He teaches really well. He um, makes really good practicals and makes the lesson fun and engaging. So where is the biggest battery in the world? Also, this is biggest battery in the world. Oh, I see. You always come up with these really good questions. Isn't there one, the biggest battery? Is there one in Canada? I'm pretty sure it's in Anchorage because it's so cold. I thought it was oh, really? one in Canada. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was me. Oh. Canada. So, well, Canada is quite cold. So yeah, I think, I think it is. So is it, is it storing some form of... Uh, Kind of renewable power, then, do you think? They, uh, they generate electricity and then. I, I think, because like in Alaska they do a lot of mining, I think it's like a ah, yeah, non renewable yeah. power, but I just think because oh. it gets so cold in the winter they're not able to use batteries. Oh, okay. So I think they have to store loads of it. Okay. How do you there know that? YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Good. Alright, so building up our kind of, uh, our, our little kind of piles. Perfect. Okay. Good work there. Oh, yes. Um, Hello, my name is Alfie, and I'm in second year at Hampton School. I really enjoy Mr. Schofield's classes. They're really fun, and uh, I think everyone in my class has a really great time. Yeah, he always helps us with the practicals and if we're stuck on the way. And he's also pretty funny, and that makes it good as well. Brilliant. Okay, wrapping things up, fellas. Okay, last one. Last one. Very good. We're doing five. 
Hi, I'm Ollie and I'm in second year. I feel the chemistry practicals are really fun. They're always really varied and yeah, we have a great time doing them. Right, okay, so let's wrap that up then, gentlemen. So, okay, so uh, let's have a little chat. So, Dean, talk to me a little bit about your results, please. So, uh, so um, our hypothesis was correct. It uh, did go up each time um, we added another cell. Um, and I'd say our results, they they vary. Like, um, some go up by a lot, whereas others, yeah, but they all carry on going up. Yeah, so so we had a definite trend up. Maybe maybe the steps weren't quite as equal. Your results there, Alfie, are quite interesting because they're kind of going up. It's about 0.5 volts each time, but then it gets a bit kind of... Uh, they get a bit close together, don't they, as you, as you put more cells on. What else might we have changed? What, what else could we have investigated and maybe, you know, we could look at next time? Alfie, what... You uh... could uh, change the electrolyte. So instead of doing the salt solution, you could do um, something else. Perfect. Yeah, so change that solution. Yeah, and, and I like the way you use the word electrolyte there. That is absolutely spot on. The, uh, the sodium chloride solution there was the electrolyte. Maybe use a different one, yeah. a, different, a different solution, and see how that affects... You know, you can see how, how kind of engineers might do this sort of thing to kind of improve the batteries that they're kind of trying to make. But I think that wraps things up for today. Thanks a lot, gents. All right, brilliant. Well, let's leave it there with the second years. And now we'll move on to the lower sixth. These guys are all studying A-level chemistry and are covering the same topic, but in more depth. All right, good afternoon, fellas. Uh, we're going to do some practical work this afternoon looking at electrochemical cells. Now, has anybody built a cell before, or you probably call it a battery? Has anybody built a battery before? Anybody? I've got, I've got tumbleweed. Oh, Theo, go on. I know we covered it in part for GCSE. I'm not yeah, sure. you did. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's part of the... Okay, so now we've got onto A-level. We're, we're kind of looking at it in a bit more depth and a bit more of a, a kind of a, a rigorous approach, if you like. So, making a battery, making an electrochemical cell. And before we start, let's have a bit of a discussion around why a battery is important. Seb, go on. I mean, especially since the climate crisis we're now facing. A few hundred years ago, we phased out coal. Like, what well, we mostly did for steam engines, for example. Yep. And now most, um, most of our infrastructure, for example, rail, and uh, even planes they're trying to develop now, like, it all uses lithium batteries. Yep. And so if we can find ways to make batteries more efficient, then that will just help the planet in general. For sure. I mean, you know, I think I think you're right that, you know, generating electricity in a green way and then having a way to store that and then be able to use it, whether it's in cars or planes or, or what have you, is going to be super important. All right, let's have a look, quick look at uh, what we're going to do today. So, uh, you know, a cell is made up of two half cells. Sounds relatively self-evident. But what is a half cell? It's a, a, a bit of metal dunked into a, a solution of metal ions, okay? You've got a half equation there, effectively. You've got the metal on one side and the metal ions on the other. And so we're going to take kind of pairs of these half cells, uh, zinc dunked in uh, zinc 2 plus ions, copper placed into a solution of copper 2 ions, and magnesium placed into a solution of magnesium 2 ions, and then combine them together and see what, uh, what voltage is generated. Okay, that's the overall setup. Each half cell is connected in two ways. We've, we've got um, a voltmeter that connects in series the two half cells. So that would be different from how you're used to using it in physics. Um, how, how do you use a, a voltmeter in physics, Luke? Uh, you connect it 
across the component in parallel. Yeah, you put it in parallel, don't you? Yeah. Um, so here, what we're doing is we put it in series because we don't want the current to flow. We want the electrons to stay where they are. They're not going to flow through. We're just measuring that potential difference, that EMF, that force that's pushing the electrons from one side to the other. So we've got that, and then we've got what's called a salt bridge. That's the bit in the, in the cell that connects the two half cells and completes the circuit, if you like. The salt bridge, that's kind of interesting because it can't be a metal because we'd be setting up another potential there if, if, we, if we put it in. So the salt bridge is actually a piece of filter paper soaked in potassium nitrate solution. Okay, um, let's, see, uh, let's see if you can remember back to there again, GCSE structure and bonding. Why does a potassium nitrate solution conduct electricity? Why does that conduct electricity? The particles are ionized, so are free to move and carry charge. Perfect, yeah. Ions can move. So the ions can move, and so, so again, you can complete that circuit. All right, let's get going. Let's get some safety glasses on, and let's get going. Hi, I'm Tom. I think chemistry is going to be very important to my life, as I'm looking to study a chemistry degree at university. And from then on... I hope to work in sustainability, um, using chemistry to try help the world out a little bit. Hi, I'm Theo Lovasek. One of my favourite things we've studied so far this year is the organic synthesis, which is when you're starting with natural products and trying to turn those into useful little bits of chemistries like alcohols or aldehydes. And I quite like how you can kind of start with one thing and through a collection of different reactions end up with something really useful. I, I might use the emery paper on the magnesium because there's a little bit of corrosion yeah, on there. So, um, so, yeah, so I might use that. My favourite part of chemistry this year has probably been um, the organic side as this kind of links into what I want to do in the future. I want to go into biology, do a biology degree. And so gaining that fundamental knowledge in the chemistry behind the living organisms by studying the alcohols and esters and stuff, because this is, that's, like, that's an essential part of biology. So getting that background knowledge, that really deep, high-level knowledge of that has really helped me with my biology learning as well. So what's the, what's the voltage reading? 1.91. 1.91. And which one is the this negative electrode? Like, yeah, this is uh, just uh, the copper. Let's have a look. No, the copper one, you've got to follow it through. So oh, no, no, so it would be uh, the magnesium. Yeah, that's right, that's right. The magnesium is connected to the negative electrode there. So that's important. So you want to kind of jot that down, um, which one's negative, which one's positive, and also what the potential difference is. So does that mean that magnesium is more... That's zinc copper, right? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can talk a bit more about that later. I'd say the thing I like the most about Mr Schofield's extension classes are the interactive nature of them. You know, it's quite small classes, and the problems he sets us, they're all from, you know, Cambridge Chemistry Challenge questions. So they really push us to, to the furthest extent of our knowledge. He'll let us struggle for a little bit, probably find quite a lot of amusement in that, but then ultimately he'll help us work through the problem to, to help us become better chemists. And I think that's exactly what you want from a teacher. Well done, fellas. That's a very efficient, effective, practical session there. So we've looked at those half cells and we've paired up each pair. I guess, Tom, um, talk us through your results. What, um, what, what did you see and, and can you kind of try and explain some of that, I guess? Okay, so we started with uh, a copper and a zinc um, terminals and yep. then that produced a voltage of 0.98 volts and then we found that copper was needed to be the positive um, 
terminal and zinc are negative. So that we think is because copper is less reactive than zinc. Okay. So using this logic, we had copper and then magnesium, and we kept copper at the positive terminal, and then we got a higher voltage. So this means we think um, zinc is less reactive than magnesium. Okay. And then Good. we finished with zinc and magnesium, and because we think zinc is less reactive, we put zinc as the positive terminal, and then magnesium is the negative. Terrific. So Good. Good. That'll, that'll make sense. Seb, I guess maybe slightly different numbers, but directionally similar, is it? Yeah, copper and magnesium clearly are like the most diff- have the b- largest difference in reactivity, and then zinc is somewhere in the middle. So if you add kind of the potential differences of copper and zinc, and then zinc and magnesium, you get the potential difference of copper and magnesium, which kind of lines up with our results, and I think it's the same as what yeah, they got no, as well. Yeah, no, I agree, and, that, and that's a really nice way to think about it, is that, you know, that it is a potential difference. And so, you know, that difference in potential, if you've got, you can then add those two things together um, and get something around there. And we can see how we're kind of translating that kind of GCSE-level knowledge into kind of more, a slight more rigorous approach to it at uh, at A-level. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you've enjoyed your visit to the chemistry department today and you've had a bit of insight into what goes on into our labs at Hampton. As I mentioned earlier, I've got a degree in chemistry and it has opened up all sorts of opportunities, but not just for me, but for people in my family. Um, My wife's uncle, I guess my my uncle-in-law, I suppose, he did a chemistry degree and then a PhD in chemistry. He then went on to work in science and and won the Nobel Prize in medicine and physiology. And as I said, when I started with chemistry, I then moved and worked into finance for 10 or 15 years before becoming a teacher here at Hampton. Really, a degree in chemistry opens all sorts of doors. And whether you're going to end up in academia, in industry or in teaching, it's a really great way to start a career. And I'll leave you with this. Keen listeners will have heard Alfie ask the question in the lesson there about the world's biggest battery. I don't know about the world's biggest battery, but certainly... The highest voltage from a fruit battery was uh, achieved by um, Saiful Islam, who's a a professor of chemistry at the University of Bath and the Royal Society of Chemistry in uh, October 2021. That was just when they were running up to the Christmas lectures that year, all about battery technology. Amazingly, that fruit battery generated a voltage of 2,300 volts and used nearly 3,000 lemons. Wow. Anyway... Thank you, and I hope you've enjoyed hearing all about chemistry here at Hampton. Thanks, David. We certainly did. As any teacher will tell you, we live for those golden light bulb moments when everything clicks into place. And over this series, we'll be witnessing the skill, dedication and passion that great teachers bring to their lessons in Discover Hampton, a podcast from Hampton School. You can find out more at www.hamptonschool.org.uk. Remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.